can start. All right. <laughs> he didn't let me start. He's like, you got to wait for the climax. Well, so. as a musician, I got to wait sorry. for the climax before. There you go. Uh, back to our regular. And as a sex therapist, I have to wait for the climax. Why what? Why'd you have to take it there? This it's music, you should have stopped. Okay, what was sorry. that? What was that quote where the old tele, you know, when back in the back in the days when television would go back, <laughs> where your program would start again, where it'd say, "Now back to your regular scheduled broadcasting." Oh, when you had a Abs- chase, you know? <laughs> no, because I don't think they used the DMV voice though. I they mean, didn't use the DMV yeah, voice. It was a different dude. voice. Now back to your regular yeah. uh, scheduled broadcasting. <laughs> uh, happy Monday, everybody. TGIM. It's five o'clock somewhere. Uh, I want to give a very special thank you to our <coughs> our guest who took time out of his Monday to be with us, Mr. And three names, man, three names. And we off the podcast, we were yeah. talking about it. We're like two of them, two of the names, you know, a lot of people like one of them. Uh, no, I'm sorry. Other way around in America. Two of them they don't like and then one of them they'll like. So Mr. Donald Wilson Bush, thank you for taking time out of your Monday to be with us. Thank you. So people might get triggered when they hear Donald and Bush. So that's just the only so reason So Wilson they're okay with. Well, of course, when you have the well, Armenians and the whole, you know, Woodrow yeah. Wilson and all, which, you know, jumping into the podcast really quickly, uh, any relations to Woodrow Wilson? I am a direct descendant of one of Woodrow Wilson's great-grandfathers. So we are a distant cousin. And as one of my uh, Syria High friends said, wow, you have Wilsonian blood. I said, I guess I do. He goes, that's okay. Every Armenian will love it. I said, I just don't want to see it. <laughs> you see what I mean? Every Armenian will love it. Yeah. Uh, so t- tell us a little bit about you as far as your background, because we always like to kind of jump in and uh, kind of go back in time a little bit, talk about you, and then you know we'll get into, obviously, current events and uh, what the ANA does. Well, I'm a small-town boy from back east. I was raised in Virginia during the school year and North Carolina in the summer. My grandfather was vice president of the IT&T, the International Telegraph and Telecommunications Company, in New York City. And when he retired, he retired to our family place in North Carolina. And my parents, at age 84 and 83 respectively, have just retired there uh, just prior to COVID. So I've been back and forth for the past five years. Um, back to my old stomping grounds. Um, but eventually I would make my way into the Armenian space, which we can discuss in a few minutes. And I'm now living here in Los Angeles in Little Armenia with my Hanami Tsunami. Hanami Tsunami. Your Hanamis are Armenian. They are Armenian. When I married my wife, Hermene Manatsakanian, in a 15-minute ceremony, I inherited somewhere in the neighborhood of 93 to 95 members of my new family in a 10-mile radius of the Hollywood side. Wow. Yeah. I don't know if I should congratulate you right now. <laughs> Not bad. Not How bad. long have you been married? I've been married almost 10 years now. Oh, nice. Nine and a half. You Nine made it. Years. You made it. Yeah, you made you, it over the hump. You've, yeah, you've passed the five-year mark. Five-year so. mark, man. And you are the president of the <coughs> ANA, Armenian I'm, National Association. Yes, I am first president of the Woodrow Wilson Legacy Foundation, uh, which was formed back in 2010 with my Parskahai, Libanhai, and Syria high friends. Um, I still didn't have a context back then to understand where the Yerevansi fit in. Mm. 
but in the 10 years of walking in the deep grass, as we say, yeah. um, with my Armenian family, I've come to recognize that the Nuspirk, as I call them, the Hayastanzi, not only have brought the new brand of immigration imagination to the American context, but they've also brought votes. I don't know if you know this or not, but in the 28th district right here with Adam Schiff, I think the YANs now outnumber the IANs 16 or 17 to 1. Shit. That much? That much. Damn. So my process of learning, and it has been, you know, I would say painstakingly slow, but um, I, I had some help from some very close friends um, back in 2010, 2011 that put me on the fast track. So I would say I have a Ph.D. at this point in all the different factions in the space, but I wasn't expecting to find the immigration imagination so compellingly um, winsome until I started mentoring a group of young Hayastanzi probably six or seven years ago that were born in Armenia but educated here in the United States. So they have a foot in both worlds. And they weren't just taking you know, history degrees and becoming teachers. They were Loyola Law School, USC, Marshall School, uh, UCLA. So they're doctors and lawyers and real estate tycoons-to-be, pharmacists. And they have a different perspective on what Armenia could be and should be relative to what the United States and other leading uh, foreign nations are doing. And it's almost as if the old spirit, and I don't say that be, you know, in a negative way, but mm. I'm just talking about you know, time frame relative to 1990 when independence happened. But the Libanon High, Parska High, Bolsa High, Syria High, and I also call them the Fresno High. These were the um, old schools. Old schools that came out in you know nineteen 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 twenty nineteen twenty one. 1920, 1921. That's what I call the old spirit. They laid the groundwork. They paved the way for the numbers that the Hayastanzi are now providing to build a true lobby on. And the question is, can we do it before we lose the rest of Armenia? And Artsakh, because as I said, I was just taking my time learning. But in the last calendar year since the war and the protest, I have taken a fast track to reality. And it's this new generation, this new spirit of Hayastanzi that you, you, it's almost as if they have their own language and their own nuance, where before it was, you know, Inchmith says, Yekpire. Now it's Iskaka Abarajan. You know, there, there, there's, there, there's a nuance to it. And there's strength in that. It's no, not so much, you know, 1915, never again, but what are we going to do next? Yeah. And it was in this context of learning the difference between the different um, ethnic enclaves inside the diaspora that the war happened. And this group of young Hayastanzi professionals that I had been mentoring for the past six or seven years, they stepped up. I told them, you want to play it the old way? You want to play politics? 
the way the American system works, I will help you learn this. And we started organizing around the idea of a 501c4, and then they fell back into the 501c3, and I was telling them how I had tried to help a group of my AGBU friends actually build a 527 super PAC for Donald Trump back in 2015. We first started out as RUMA, the Regional United Minority Alliance. Then after eight or ten months, they changed the name to High Spirit, H-Y-E-S-P-I-R-I-T, High Spirit. Then when the census came down and we thought, hey, we're just going to count ourselves. We're going to see how many YANs there are in the 29th district up in Noho. We changed our name to Yes, I Am. I am Armenian. But when the war happened, just prior to this, when things were starting to cook up, the, uh, these young guys and a couple young Kurekner said, we need to be more formal. We need a real brand that's going to um, take this vision further because we need to have an, an established you know, zip code in Washington, D.C., near the White House. We need to have a office downtown near um, Figaro and Third, right? We need we need some presence here. So we put it out for a vote, and we came up with about six different um, possibilities. And Armenian National Association won the lottery. And it was then during the first uh, week of the war. I think it was October the third. I got a call from one of the young attorneys. They said, "Don John, we got to do something. Can we build?" a logo, and put out a press release and tell the powers that be that they have to help us. I said, well, you have to find an address for it. He said, okay, there's going to be a phone call tonight. I want you to be on. It'll be a Zoom call. So about 10 o'clock at night, the group decided they wanted to go to CNN. So we wrote our first ANA, Armenian National Association press release, telling the board of directors of CNN. CNN, that they needed to have fair and balanced coverage and they needed to send a reporter to the front line or we're not leaving. And we stayed there the first night. We had eight to 10,000. Overnight, fell back to about four and a half. Next day, 14,000. 14,000. 18,000. Viewers? People in no, front no. of oh. people. So you, guys were, so you guys were the ones that were in front of <laughs> CNN camping out yes. during the war it was the ANA doing it it was it was that was the group but of course we hadn't filed any papers we didn't have a board of directors we didn't have um it's more of like just cowboy status just, just, cow, out just go out and do it so by nightfall at 58 hours we had 40,000 in excess of 40,000 I mean it's in the streets we closed it down from Highland all the way to the 101 but we were doing this the Odar way. I was negotiating on the battle line with the local um, Hollywood police. And we had our guy on the line with Mayor Eric Garcetti's um, chief of staff. And I told them, this is not Black Lives Matters. You're not going to see any rioting here. This is my Armenian family. This is my Hanami. They are not going to be violent. So put those zip ties away. But if you need to use them, you need to... Arrest me first. Oh, no, no, we don't want to do that. Well, no, no. Like, okay, but I don't want to see you impede ingress or regress to a peaceful protest. Yeah. And that's what they were trying to do. Uh, so at, at the end of the day, this new 
Spirk, this new generation of Armenian professionals, had won the day. But how do you take a victory lap when the war's not over, right? So the ANA just kind of went on a uh, national tour. We went to Washington, D.C., and we gave some speeches with the ANCA in front of the Hayes Adams Hotel, the backside of the White House. And then the next morning, I thought we were coming back, and they said, nope, we need to close something down. We have too many people with their cars here. They want to close something down. They just don't want, they don't want speeches. They want to close something down. I said, well, I'm from Alexandria. I know the mayor. Maybe we can close down the Woodrow Wilson Bridge. And the mayor said, I wouldn't touch that. That is under D.C. jurisdiction. I can't protect you. If they arrest you, you go to um, Andrews Air Force Base, into the brig. Mm. So let's think of something else. I said, well, what can we close down? He says, you know, COVID has messed up our our tourist trade. If you're, you know, 1,200 to 2,000 Armenians right now gathered at US-1 at the Woodrow Wilson Bridge are willing to spend the night in an Alexandria hotel, I'll give you a police escort tomorrow at 5 o'clock to the pedestrian walkway on the Woodrow Wilson Bridge. So that's what we did. I cut did the you guys follow corona protocols as well? Sure. Yeah, yeah. Sure, sure, sure. Well, n- no. <laughs> I knew that. Come on, Donald. No, no. So, but, so this was a brand new, not even formed organization at the time. It's organic. How, who was funding all of this? If you had This young group of professionals, they just stepped up. You need a porta potty because you have you know, 7,000 people out. Some guy just got on the phone and called it in, and we had four porta potties come in. The people supplied all the food. I mean, I've never seen more food at a unscripted, non-permitted protest in my life. But Armenians know how to take care of themselves and take care of each other. It's a beautiful thing. And it was all peaceful. So we went and closed down the Woodrow Wilson pedestrian bridge and then got a call the next day that the Hayastanzi friends of the group in New Jersey wanted us to come to a protest in New York City. So instead of flying back to L.A., we went to New York. And the number of cars grew even more. Now we had like you know, 1,200 cars and 5,000 people following us. So when the speeches were done in front of the ABC corporate headquarters there, this group said, what do we do now? Where are we going? I said, I don't know. Just head south. So we went down Broadway, got to Times Square, closed it down for 17 minutes. See, what I'm co- – this is a District of Columbia, right? This is Washington, D.C., that everything was kind of taking place, where it started, right? From there, it started here, went to Washington, D.C., then to New York. So all these Armenians, basically, they took a plane and just flew out, and they were like, you know what, we're doing this, and nothing's holding And Sako Arabo and um, uh, Arthur Zahakian, they drove. From L.A. to, from LA, to D.C.? 20, sorry, 52 cars. Wow. Holy crap, man. Yes. That's a lot. And Christina Kalajian was the glue. She had done it before, and she inspired them to do it again. But they, in the past, she just had these little rallies around L.A. Hold on. Christina Kalajian or Halajian? Halajian. Ha, Halajian. Is, is that the same? Yeah. The yeah. one that's really 
loud and obnoxious. <laughs> Sorry, yes, I, I, I have, have to. <laughs> you have to love her energy, man. She's like the. Uh, I do, but again, everyone has their. I, I'm, I'm I'm not the biggest fan of the way she kind of rallies around things. To be honest with you. Well, she was the energy. I totally get it for our protest. I can totally tell you right get now. it, but again, you know, like to, each, to each their own. Not the biggest fan of her. And there are others that would say the same thing. Yeah. But I have nothing but respect for her passion. She may go off the rails here and there, but you have to, you have to yeah. follow leadership Sometimes you when need it that presents too, itself. Bro. Sometimes you need that. Exactly. Sometimes you need that person to spark that annoying you can call. But if see the fact that you know her, that means she did her job, bro. <laughs> Why do you think we let you start the show? Say it again. Why do you think we allow you to do the introduction to the show? Uh, <laughs> Again, I think it was the, 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 the situation that happened with the LAX thing. Yeah, and, trying and, to close down the airport. Yeah, the, where it was just kind of like, okay, you need to calm down. and. Well, well let's see how effective actually these protests Yeah, yeah. Were. I mean, what, obviously. What, what was the, I mean. So then the, the next day, I'm yeah. oh, sorry, th- that afternoon, mm-hmm. we're heading down Broadway and got to Times Square, and the NYPD's finest came to the truck when I was in the back of a big flag. And they go, you can't be closing down Times Square. And I said, officer, I'm sorry. We have 800 cars, and there are more coming now. Where do we go? Just take them south. Take them south. So I called ahead to Gurgen, McGurchin, and um, Christina, and Edgar Hay, and several others were ahead. Yeah. I said, just take them south. Just keep moving. So we made our way all the way to the Brooklyn Bridge. And then I met with the police again. And they said, what do you guys want? I said, we just want fair and free, balanced coverage of this war. We want the world to wake up. We need the CNNs of the world to wake up. We just came from ABC. So you want, you want news? I said, yes. How long will it take the helicopters to get here? We close this thing down. You can't be closing this down. I said, well, guess what, dude? We're going to close it down. That's what they do. Okay. Okay. You got one hour. (laughs) I was like, done. So I made my way to the middle of the bridge, and the group ahead stopped. So we had three quarters of the bridge covered. And honest as I'm sitting here, 58 minutes into that thing, helicopter for channel 11 came over and we got our coverage and then we came back that night i slept for two hours we came back the next day for the 100,000 permitted march from uh the grove all the way to the um consulate the turkish Turkish consulate. consulate so all that to say this is the the organic biorhythmic natural uprising of this new spirit you learned how to exercise your first fourth not second but first fourth fifth tenth and fourteenth amendment rights by doing it not by reading in a book somewhere or, you know reading you know a night with henry Thoreau in jail right but you did it and it was peaceful so the question is what do we do next and I'm not sure what you're capable of, but I've been working in this last year with this same group of young men and women to build out 
several projects with the Armenian National Association as the um, as the table, so, so to speak, that we placed it all out on. Yeah. And we filed our paperwork in Sacramento, and we're moving into that uh, professional stage. And we can discuss that more later, what that looks like. But this is the origin of it. So um, my history with the Armenian people um, was not covered, as you asked earlier. So you'll have to start interacting with me over the course of the next you know, hour or so to find out how those dots um, get lined up because there is a clear sequence that took me from being a small-town Virginia, North Carolina boy to standing on top of a Afghan transport vehicle in front of <laughs> CNN with Tigran Asatrian, um, Vram Artorosian, Edgar Hay, Gurgen McGurchin, um, Miktar McGurchin. My, uh, Arthur Sahakian was on that truck for four hours. I mean, it was just an amazing moment where, and where all of these leaders that under different circumstances would have been canceling each other out. And that happened later. But I'm talking at the, at the you know, October 3rd to October 11th. It was just a beautiful snapshot of what Armenians can do and can rise to when unity is the goal. And that is the purpose of the Woodrow Wilson, excuse me, that is the purpose of the Armenian National Association, is to unify the spirit in support of Armenia and Artsakh. Very simple. Now, what's your, aside from having a last name of Wilson Bush, what makes you an authority in this political arena do you have a background in politics or i have been a political consultant in washington dc richmond virginia and sacramento california for 33 years so i have i've run congressional campaigns i've dealt with lobbyists consulting groups pr campaigns independent expenditure campaigns i mean i know the full spectrum of variables in the American political equation. And and this is not to cast aspersions on anyone in the Armenian space, but the Armenian um, groups, the two churches, Etmiazin, uh, Kalikian, Prelacy, AGBU, Homenetmen, Dashnak Tutsiun, Hanchuk, Remgavar, I mean, you name it, there are all these groups. Yeah. They never put the pieces together to accomplish what the Jews and the Turks and now the Azeris have been able to do in Washington, D.C. and moving into the future, what they're doing in state capitals. And now's the time for Armenians to learn the same game and to achieve the same traction. And it comes through three phases. Education, organization, and penetration. Most Armenians, they just want to go straight to penetration. <laughs> right? Just do this, man. Skip the first three bases. <laughs> just go straight. Yeah. And we have to pull back. Yeah. We have to slow down and say, no, no, there are best practices and there are laws. And you must abide by those laws. And you better put those best practices into play or you're not going to be as successful as your enemy. And... I want to talk about your enemy. 
whenever you're ready. I want to show you who your enemy is and what we must do to penetrate their space. So you, what you're saying basically that over the last hundred years, we haven't had any lobbying as far as for the Armenian, for, for Armenia or for the Armenian community. That's not true. You've had lobbying. I mean, the ANCA and the Armenian Assembly have established a presence in Washington, D.C., but they, they, they only have so much money and time that they've been able to devote to the process mm-hmm. without knowing what those other nuances are. And I don't know why they haven't availed themselves of them, but it's apparent to me that it's now time for a second rail. We have to have the Republican side covered. And I am a Republican. I was a pro-Trump Republican. The question remains, how do you do it the same way that the Jews and the Turks have done it? Well, you have to pay to play. You're not paying politicians. That's against the law. But you must spend your money and your time in the corridors of power, paying the consultants and the law groups and the um, public relations groups to work with you to build on the structure that the IRS allows. And the 501c4 and the 527 super PAC have never been exploited by the Armenian space. Well, I think most people know 501c3. What's a C4 and a 827? 527. 527. 527. Super PAC. Super PAC. Super PAC. All of this has to do with the, um, I call it a trajectory coming out of the Clinton years when money became liquid, dark money became liquid, and the McCain-Feingold Act of uh, 2000, 2001, tried to get dark money out of politics. They tried to clean it up. Well, that um, debate went all the way through to the Supreme Court in 2010, 2011, when Citizens versus the United States decision came down, and the high court said, basically, if you want to take one dollar of your money and go and buy a black Sharpie marker and 75 cents and buy a poster board and say, uh, Mickey Mouse for president, you can run Mickey Mouse for president. That is your First Amendment right to free expression. Well, what if you're Sheldon Adelson or Kirk Kerkorian and you want to spend $100 million and buy 40 planes with skywriting equipment to say, Mickey Mouse for president, it's the same thing. So the IRS had to change the rules to allow for people to spend their money but still account for it with reporting. And the 501c3 can have zero coordination or participation in political campaigning. Zero. But you can spend all your money getting out a message that wonders never cease. Your message is connected to that politician's platform. Whoa. So suddenly, in 2009, 2010, you had some early adopters, some pioneers in this space, and some of them are my friends. They started performing political magic with dollars, tying 501c3 messaging to political campaigns. 
And this is called the independent expenditure campaign. You just can't coordinate or collaborate or communicate emails between a 501c3 and a political campaign. Well, the IRS created this new category, the 501c4, where 51% of the money you raise can be spent on direct, excuse me, 51% must be spent on nonprofit, charitable, educational, public benefit stuff. But 49% can be spent on direct political activity, lobbying, campaigns, etc. Bookkeeping is a nightmare, and your treasurer better be worth his salt, and they charge high rates. Um, and as I say, the Jews, the Turks, and the Azeris have been availing themselves of this new tax structure for years. And now it's time for the Armenians to do the same thing. Do you think it's because it has, like Armand was mentioning, it's been well over 100 years since you know the genocide took place, and... <clears throat> And we'll get back to the whole Wilsonian uh, documents that you know we discussed off the podcast. Um, but you know, the ANCA has been formed, AGBU, all these different organizations. Do you think the fact that there's so many of them, just like political parties, that that's what's caused kind of the you know us not moving forward in Washington, in the United States, or even worldwide? Well, as you study political history, there are waves. And it's not like it's planned out. It's fractal. In other words, things just happen like um, rainstorms in the Amazon. Politics is not planned out. Um, Sorry, the the results of much political activity is not planned out. It just happens. Yeah, because I was about to say politics is planned out, but the results are what... Thank you, yeah. and that's what we, we find, that you have your, your plan moving forward, but it can turn sideways, and the polls were wrong. Imagine that. The polls were wrong this year. Mm. We Did that happen in 2016? The, the polls were wrong? Yeah. Oh, yeah, they had Hillary way up, right? So what happened at the end? She lost. And the rest is history. Is it? Is it? She might come back, Donald. Hillary? <laughs> yeah, I, I heard you mention that last week. <laughs> Who were you on with? Uh, was that David? The, the young... No, uh, no, no David, David was a while back. He was yeah, yeah. about David six, was, six or so months ago. Yeah, for sure, Villanueva was on Thursday. Okay, but I, I heard you mention the comeback of Hillary last week. I was laughing. <laughs> we, ho- we hope not. I, we I, hope not. What do you mean? You guys don't find that to be entertaining? As far as what? Hillary coming back? Yeah. I would love to see her back in the uh, limelight. Well, we'll, we'll get into we'll, you. Yeah, yeah. We'll get into U.S. politics and yeah, Don, do you go by Don or Donald? You can call me Don. Don, yeah, and we'll get Don's perspective on definitely uh, domestic politics as well. But it's just fascinating how, I mean, your story as far as why the ANA was established and and the goal because that's something we've talked about probably since we started the show about a little over three years ago. Is that um, why we, is, why we don't have a you know big lobbying organization? Yeah, lobbying. There's no unity, and this is something most most Armenians understand as far as the unity goes, because um, I hate to say it, but even Armenians, as far as where you, what type of Armenian you are, they think you're not Armenian enough, or you know, you, some some have even questioned our intentions or <laughs> our <laughs> patriotism towards Armenia. So it's. But 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 th- what we need is that unity to come together and to 
And we've always mentioned the Jews as far as why is it that they've been able to accomplish so much in such a short amount of time, right? Mm-hmm. Like about, they've been around since 67 or 47? 46. 46. 46. So, you know, a little over 70 years, they've accomplished more than almost any other country in the world. Yeah, yet, I mean. Yet we, I don't know what we've accomplished as far as Armenia goes in the last 75 years. Well, I mean, it, it sucks saying it, but it's we're, I feel like we've been going backwards. Yeah. We got our Literally. independence 30-some years ago. We celebrated, but nothing's changed, at least not for the better reason. Yeah, yeah it's... it's it, in, in order to play hardball or in order to play baseball, you got to basically play with Big Brother, which is, you know, the superpowers. You have England, you have the U.S., you have all these superpowers. You got to be able to lobby and you got to be able to basically make big time connections there and I think that's that's one of the biggest money I I don't think money's an issue it's a big issue it's a big issue we have we have very successful we have very very successful entrepreneurs we have multi-millionaires who are Armenians it's just it's just a matter of have you noticed the richer Armenians try not to take their the very very rich Armenians try not to get involved in any of this but I mean, look at it this it's way. It's the ones I, that are a small business owner that make a good living that are willing to go into their pockets and put everything they have on the table. Okay, but look at it this way as well. During the war, the war broke out in a in a short span of time. Mm-hmm. Look at how much we were able to do. I mean, just as it's a collective. It's not enough, brother. I, I understand. I'm not saying it's enough or anything, but as far as just showing what we're capable of, as far as the Armenian people. I mean, in a, like I said, in a short amount of time, look what we were able to do. Imagine if it was like a snowball effect where it's like, guys, this is growing. It's going, What happened it's going. as soon as the war stopped? A lot of people stopped. Every, majority Everything of people stopped. stopped. Yeah, I know. I know. 95% of it stopped. Does the enemy stop? No. So, well, there are 90 million. You're about 10 million. But didn't, didn't we play the blame game and we blamed... You know, current administration, previous administration, future administration—we blamed everybody. But, but I mean, what, what is it that, for example, uh, you mentioned the Jews and the Turks have done as far as lobbying goes, or even the fact that they've come together, they've able to become a powerhouse in such a short amount of time. What is the difference between their approach, how they've done things, versus what we've done? And, and you, you, you got a intimate look at this last year right especially mm-hmm. with the war and if 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 a war which you know could be called the genocide or we could call it uh ethnic cleansing you could call it anything you want if if that incident didn't bring us together long term to have that unity and the the uh one goal that 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 needs to be what what is it going to take how have those other countries done it? Well, you, you mentioned education. Um, second part I forgot, and the third was penetration. What was the second one? Organization. Organization. So, and there's the key. Failure what right there. Is the organization. Mm-hmm. The organization, huh? I have a very good friend and mentor who told me over the phone when I was driving back from Washington, <coughs> D.C. to my parents' place in North Carolina back in 2016. He says, Donald John, Armenians are ungovernable. Dude, they're ungovernable. Forget it. I said, no, I will not forget it. (laughs) I believe that they will rise to the occasion. This would be before the war. He says, what occasion? I says, I've seen it. There's Tasib. There's Pativ. Pativ? Pativ. 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 
I've seen it again and again and again. The question remains, what is that one thing that will unify the spirit? And to his credit, Gergen McGurchin, my, my young friend, told me over the phone a week later, he says, the one thing that will bring us together is Artsakh. Well, that was two years before the war. Yeah. And I now see that Artsakh is emblematic of what will bring Armenians together. That's the most Armenian land left in our hands today. I know that's weird to say, but... Left in our hands? Or what's left of it? Out of what's left in our hands, Artsakh is the most Armenian land. Purest, always Armenian. The most historic land. It has the it has the most Armenian history. Let's look to back Yerevan. to Yerevan, three hundred years. That's what he means. It's kind of like the glue. It is. It's the backbone of Armenians, and yeah. that is symbolic. And that symbolism needs to be harnessed the same way that the Jewish people have symbolized Israel. And you all have a PR problem. <laughs> that comes from yeah. money. But it also comes from unity of messaging. Now, yes. I, I, I come from Virginia where in the 1970s they have and continue to hold the record for the most uh, celebrated and widely disseminated jingo for state tourism of any of the 50 United States. Virginia is for lovers. Unbelievable how a bumper sticker says it all. That's the slogan, state slogan? That's the state slogan. Virginia is for lovers, and it's, it still persists. You still see them on cars today. They're still being produced. Damn. So during the war, I started asking people, what is it about the Armenian the Armenian experience that we can consolidate into a single bumper sticker. And no one could give me a single, simple um, rip. I can't come up with one now, Donald. Okay. Well, Alexander Atavisian, the um, decorated uh, director, asked me if I would help... um, raise some funds for a movie that he's doing on Armenia. This was during COVID, after the war. I had not done anything public in a year and a half. I had not given, I had not given a speech. I had not uh, gone to a public gathering. And so the first time I was asked to speak in front of a group of um, high net worth Armenians, predominantly Ruskihai, but th- th- there were some others in the group as well, I was preparing at the house. What am I going to say to these people? I haven't spoken in over a year. And I don't know how you all do it in your families, but in my Armenian family, my Armenian wife and two kids, I'm in the shower, and suddenly my wife comes in, and she's putting on her makeup in the mirror. And she's skeep, 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 skeep on the mirror. And then my little seven-year-old daughter comes in, Mama, am I beautiful? And I'm absolutely shadzirun, John, shadzirun. And mom says, of course you are. And then in comes her twin brother, seven-year-old Will. Daddy, am I fat? Tactic says I'm fat. <laughs> I said, dude, we have big bones. You're my Scottish bear. 
You are strong, bro. <laughs> and then Lily says, but mama, can I wear this? I said, you can wear whatever you want. You're independent. She says, yes, she's independent. Armenians are beautiful, independent, and strong. Boom. I tried it out on that group. I said, if there's one aspect of my Odar position here mm-hmm. as Pesa, that's what they call me now. They call me Pesa. <laughs> call you Pesa? Call me Pesa. <laughs> I love the Armenian words. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. I think you've spoken more Armenian yeah. than in the past. What is it? What are we at? About 45 minutes that we have an entire podcast. <laughs> is that good? I'm just messing with you. <laughs> <laughs> <That's> <laughs> wonderful. So, th- this idea of of having um, you know a need for branding Armenians at that Tasib Pativ level, you can't do that for yourself because of the Tasib you have. You you can't blow your own horn. Yeah. You know, I've, now I've seen Armenians that say, "I am the man," you know. Um, tagavor, tagavor, tagavor. It's an ego, ego thing. Ego thing. But when it comes to branding the whole people, no Armenian is going to stand and say, we are the most beautiful, independent, strong people on the planet because you don't believe it, right? Because of your history. And it's like this victim, victor yeah. complex. How do we get to the victor space? Well, it was during this protest that I saw the victory, but you never got to take your victory lap. So I tried it that night, and I told them the story of this protest and how i saw armenians come together and wow my armenian family is beautiful independent and strong and i can say this there were people in that crowd crying because they'd heard an odar say this well as part of one of our seven projects with the armenian national association a unified global pr campaign is part of it and we are going to market that on bumper stickers, beautiful, independent, strong, orange, red, and blue. I mean, it's going to be part of a global um, marketing effort. It will unify in its simplicity. At first, the world will hear it. Then they will believe it. Then they will own it. And that's what the Jews have done as the victim side of their trajectory, and they yeah. still play it. Did they have a? Do they have a slogan? The Jews or no? That, that, that you know? Of not, not that I know of. But they continue to play the victim role, and that's why the whole BDS thing is going on. Because in some circles, arguments are made that the victim has now become the bully over the Palestinians, and that's not for me to adjudicate at this point. But the point remains: they still play the victim role. And I'll never forget, um, just before 2015, um, I was invited to Tisnikanabert. Tisnikanabert. Tisnikanabert, yes. On April the 24th um, in Armenia on April 24th, 2015. It was the 100th anniversary. And prior to going there, there was um, a pomegranate... Um, debate presentation and I heard Harut Sassoonian say it's time for the diaspora to move beyond Armenian genocide recognition and start talking about reparations and I'd never heard that before I'm like wait a second is this Harut that was involved with Kirk? Harut Sassoonian yes yeah okay 
And I thought, wow, that's movement. Yeah. That's moving to a new level. But you cannot jettison your victim stature when you're saying, we want reparations. And what I saw during this protest is the new spirit, the new highest on Z spirit standing up strong, saying, we are not victims. We are going to be victors, and we want to play this in a different way, in a new day. And that's that's what we're going to have to navigate in this next, you know, three to five years. And I'm thinking you only have five or six years before something's going to go sideways, and you're going to lose probably half of what you could have preserved, but not all of Armenia. They're just going to carve it down and let you keep a little bit of it. I mean, I hope not. I mean, we've we've discussed that, and you know, uh, hope. Yeah. <laughs> I, I will, what else at this point? What else can you do, man? I mean, you have uh, again not to get into too deep into Armenian politics, but uh, you know, you have a government that's still scrambling to put stuff together in order to uh, kind of settle things down, and at the same time, you have the enemy reloading, not knowing when they're going to strike. But the one thing I want to ask you is this. Obviously, being Scottish, uh, Armenians have always had somewhat of a trust issue as far as trusting the Odar, 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 yeah. as, as you mentioned. Uh, have you come across that yet as far as people questioning, saying, uh, you know what, can we can we trust an Odar? Because it, it's now, if it hasn't come up now... Should Armenians trust Odars? It, it is going to come up eventually. Oh, absolutely, it has come uh, up. It has, so it has come up. Sure. How do you deal with something like that? Well, marrying into the clan and having it's a good start. two children. They're studying at Alec Pilibos. Nice. I mean, I'm, I'm the only native English-speaking American in their life right now. They speak total 100% Hayastanzi Eastern dialect. It, it's amazing to see that. And they're teaching me. I'll never forget the first time I said, Lily, what is that? It says, Hanzor, Daddy, Hanzor. I said, Hanzor, what's that? Oh, Apple. Hanzor. No. Che, che. Hanzor. Hanzor. <laughs> I said Hanzor. No, you said Hanzor. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you got to get it right, man. You got to get it right. I mean, but you, on a global <laughs> scale, I mean, I totally appreciate you being on our side and helping us with everything you are doing today. But on a global scale, I feel like Armenians need to stop begging for help. That's just my personal thought. Thank you, because that makes you weak, doesn't it? Hundred percent. Doesn't make you strong. No, it doesn't. It, stop crying about everything. If you if you expect like, why do you think the enemy always picks a fight during a pandemic every time? It happened a hundred years ago during a pandemic. Far East relief couldn't do as much because of the pandemic back in the days. Mm-hmm. True. Absolutely. Same thing this time. They attack during a pandemic. No other country is coming to help you. So you better be ready to fight on your own. Stop asking for help. That's the only way you're going to survive is being strong on your own. If you get help from the outside world, good. Appreciate it. If not, you got to be ready to go on your own. That's just my stance. Maybe I'm wrong on this. Well, outside but help comes at a cost, no? Very expensive cost. Yes. Is it ever free? There are strings attached. There's I mean, all. look at it this way. The last 30 years that Armenia has had independence, 
it's pretty much guik part ki dimats, guik part ki dimats, and then you're down to nothing what left. What does that mean? Basically, what In Armenia English. did is they took a portion of their infrastructure, let's say their nuclear power plant, gave it to Russia, and in return they wouldn't pay for the this supply of weapons Russia gave them. So this happened once, twice, three times. Now you have nothing else left for the Russians to take. Nothing left. They own it all. Well, that's what gave rise to Nikol Pashinian is I was there for Electric Yerevan, believe it or not. My first trip, I was in the streets. 2018. During the no, uh, that's 2015. Not, that's 15. 2015. That's right before the 16 word. Electric Yerevan was basically something about the electrical cost rise. Or is that because what it was? they had paid off their loans by giving away the electrical grid to mm. the Russian oligarchs. Yeah. So this Where do you think the gas comes from? And, and that's the point. You know, that when so you're Armenia can get gas from Iran for maybe an eighth of what they buy from Russia. But they got a contract with Russia thanks to Serge. I mean, it doesn't matter which one you look at. If you look at Nikos Times or you look at Levon or Serge, Levon has done things that if Armenians were to even think about, you, nobody should forgive him. He's given up the biggest well, infrastructure. Well, we've done, but now it's a matter of what do we do. Yeah, right? moving forward. We, we've done. I mean, uh, it, it's, it's... What do we do? Because the answer, we have five to six years. Is that enough time no, you know, you to regroup, to almost unite, to retool? To retool. Or retool. You know okay. what they say? If you always do what you've always done, you're always going to get what you've always got. The definition of insanity, right? He's doing the same thing again and again and again, looking for a different result yeah. every time. Yeah. Okay. Connor, Connor was mentioning something about uh, the National Democratic Axis. Mm-hmm. Can we talk about that? Do you know anything about that? I, I don't want to discuss what I know about Armenian politics out of personal tasib. In other words, okay. I, I've chosen not to involve myself or this organization in what the Armenian people are doing for themselves. And this is where the Spirk has this incredibly unique moment where you can teach the world something. Because how we move to this next phase of involvement with the Armenian government will determine not just your future, but there are scholars that will study this, and it will change Sub-Saharan Africa, and parts of the Pacific Asian island spaces. I mean, you all are a test bed for what democracy can look like when you're not... At each other's throats. At each other's throats and not, and I have to be very careful here, not presenting yourself as a true democracy when you're a theocratic state, suppressing the votes of those that could take over your parliament if they were to rise up. You see? So you have to keep the opposition party out of play. Are so you talking about the re-election thing that was recently done in Armenia? No, I'm talking about an, another country okay. altogether. Because you, even though you are the first Christian nation in the world, you're not a theocracy. You are a fully functioning, not yet fully thriving, parparliamentary democratic republic. Do you believe that? Because I don't. 
it's not fully thriving because the opposition party hasn't presented itself with any strength to counter the 65% uh, popular vote. But the people are leaving. The voters are leaving. That's why you all are here. And this is, the, this is the intricate nuance that you all have. You all have such a vibrant and long-standing history. The question is, how do you do that as a globalized entity? And I'll have you know that the ANA, after I survived COVID, I, I got COVID after you asked, did we <laughs> maintain you know, CDC standard protocols? No, we did not. But I didn't get COVID all the way through the whole protest. But on November the 14th, I got it. Had 38 days of just horrible um, condition. But when we... November of last year. Last year, a year ago. Yeah. But when you recovered well, man. Oh, yeah. Except for some serious brain damage. I mean, I have memory problems. I thought I had short-term memory. But my hard drive is just not connecting so it's, it, it, it's, it's memory access. No, that's it's good. Crazy. I can blame COVID now. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to figure out something, man. He's like, I was trying uh, to figure out you guys' name. Uh, something's not working. <laughs> ah, fucking COVID. <laughs> <laughs> Got to find something to blame. But when I came out, that, that same group of, of um, leaders that we had on the, pr- the protests, they were doing Zoom now with... Hyastanzi Spirk in Athens, Greece, Marseille, France, Paris, France, Moscow, Sydney, Australia, um, Belgium. I was like, wow. And they were talking the same thing. Donald, would you please teach us how to build a 501c4? I said, well, that's here in the United States. You're going to have to tell me how we build that in Marseille, France. Yeah. Are you willing to get your attorneys? If I fly over there, are you willing to sit down with me with your attorneys to find out what that equivalent is, and I'll teach you how to lobby in in France? Absolutely. See, this is going back to what I was mentioning. I mean, I said, you know, look what Armenians did in like a matter of a very short period of time. Right off the bat, you know, people are saying, oh, on a monetary level, no, it's nothing. It's nothing. I'm not talking about monetary. I'm talking about us connecting together. See, like you just mentioned, the whole Zoom thing. Armenia, France, Greece, Australia, everywhere. Dude, if if we can come together and all of us could basically think like-mindedly and join one force, dude, it's unstoppable. It's just a matter of organization. That's it. And educating yourself for organization. Now, I agree with you. As far as a diaspora, we do need to come together. But when you're talking about a country where four-fifths of its population is outside that country, it's difficult to see that country stand on its feet. It's difficult for the country to stand on its feet? Yeah. Because you're not there to support it? When four-fifths of the population of that nation is outside, how strong can that country be? For example... America, what pop, What percentage of American population lives outside of America or any other country? Talk about no, Mexico. I, I, talk I, about any other so nationality. What, at what what part of history did that say 90% of Armenians live in Armenia? What stage of history? Was it 50 years ago? No. 90 years ago? No, maybe 300 years? 200 years maybe? 
when all Armenians lived in well, Armenia? Well, not all. Majority. Majority. Let's say four-fifths. Maybe where, where 200 equations, years? 200 before years. The, before the genocide. You had so after the genocide, it's been always lopsided. Where less yeah, lived in it's Armenia. It's been then. lopsided ever since the genocide. But of course, Armenia was a whole lot larger when you had the whole Kalikian. Of course. No, what I'm trying to figure out is because you said that's one of the main reasons why we're yeah, weak. I see it as yeah. another so reason we, why that. When we did weak. have say 30 percent or 50 percent of Armenians living in Armenia, were we stronger? We didn't even have a country back then. We were under Ottoman Empire. Yeah, we were no. I but mean, we had a better say. We had a country. We did better have a country, say. but we were under the Ottoman. Yeah, we were under the Ottoman Empire, just like we had a country when we were under the Bolsheviks. It, it there was there was Armenia. We had there. Our country was there. Our borders were there. Just in the, under the, the Bolsheviks, you were not allowed to be considered. You were just part of the were USSR. There, w- That's I, all you were. No, no, I know that. But were there not borders around its basically mapping out Armenia? Yes or no? And just like during no, honestly, it was just like the United. No, I'm States. not saying hype. I'm not saying I'm not a thing. I'm telling you, think on a geo, on a geolog, on a geopolitical level. Were there not was the country of Armenia not mapped out even during the Bolsheviks? I don't know. I wouldn't be able to answer that because I was probably not even born there. <laughs> there were borders there. There was borders. borders. And if you yeah. look at there was borders, and those during the Bolsheviks is where Azerbaijan came to exist, anyways. Your enemy created another portion of a country on the opposite side of you. On your own lands, because you weren't living on those lands. That's my point. Well, now I've heard the trifecta. You said enemy first, then you said enemy, and now you just said your enemy. They are enemies. And this is what Sun Tzu in The Art of War said. If you know your enemy and you know yourself, you need not fear the outcome of a thousand battles. If you know your enemy and you know yourself, you need not fear the outcome of a thousand battles. We must now, moving forward, forget the complexities of... All these, you know, nuances of Armenian history that Armenians love to discuss over Horovats, Ganats, 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 and everyone. I if I've been to one family, we call them hoedowns back home. If I've been to one Armenian family hoedown, I've been to two hundred and fifty. And it's the same thing. There's always, you know, the crazy uncle. <laughs> then there's always the political expert, right? And then there's a Thanksgiving table during a, just That's a regular right. dinner. The scientist <laughs> who's curing everybody, man. <laughs> That's it. The doctor, you the doctor. The family doctor. Oh, man. And everybody always goes to the complexity of the situation and what about this so that they can have their moment. And that's part of the Armenian being together. So is he we, having a moment right now? We're having a moment. Is he having a moment? Do you want to hold hands? No, because you bring up all the complexities. Being the, the, that's, that's just my thoughts. So are I mean, you, I, I are don't you, see myself as a political person. I don't understand enough about history. I just my stance on things. Do you see what, yourself as the type of person who has a problem to every solution or, or a solution to every problem? I could have both, Armon. Both, honestly. Jesus Christ! I can man. stand on. You are a complicated individual. <laughs> very complicated. <laughs> but when, when the topic of Armenia comes up, it's very complicated for yeah. me. And ever since this war, I haven't fit, mentally recovered from it till today. Your hard drive's messed up. Well, <laughs> I can't even blame Corona. 
Yeah. At least you, at least you Don used the Corona. You want to start using it? I can't even use that. I I, I have I not use recovered. My virginity as the, <laughs> but yeah. I thought you're still a virgin. <laughs> no. See what I deal with every Monday. <laughs> so well, if I could simplify this, yeah, I want to introduce you to your enemy. Go ahead. Your enemy has been defined. This is your enemy. This is Aliyev. Let me see that. Oh, he's got three of them. There you go. Lobby for Aliyev by Aliyev. This is a graphic depiction of where Aliyev has spent his personal money, at least $27 million of it. Do you blame him? Do I blame him? Absolutely not. He's a very crafty dude. He's bought his way into our American system. As Armenians, we've always underestimated the enemy. Even our cousin was involved? Even our cousin. Because wow. he, he has um, a licensing agreement in Baku right. with a building. Right. Yeah. Oh, look, the Three Stooges are involved. <laughs> three By Three Stooges, I mean Barack Obama, Bill Clinton, and Hillary Clinton. Well, this asshole's involved, too. Yeah, he is. Uh, he absolutely is. I mean, this is insane. 20, I mean, but $27 million in a 13-year span, doesn't sound like a lot of money. And it's not a lot of money. But it's strategically targeted it's into the Odar space. No, no, which is well-spent money. I know, but if you calculate it, 13, uh, 13 years, yeah. You're talking about a little over $2 million a year. Say two hundred grand a month. That's not a lot of money for a guy like Aliyev, a country like Azerbaijan or Turkey. And this, I don't know if Turkey was in any way sponsoring this but even if they weren't 27 million dollars i don't think he needs turkey it's not that. even a lot of money for a country like armenia to spend but i mean look at it this way this year. is just him correct this is just aliyev it's personal or this is the country yeah no no, no, no. this is him this Person- is him personally ah, okay. so i mean when you look at okay from 2005 to 2018 just him by himself not to mention all those you know entrepreneurs and business owners uh in turkey and azerbaijan i mean this is just a fraction of it this is this is what I meant as far as like we're capable of of lobbying like this, man. This is Absolutely. not a lot. This is not a lot of money when you think about it. There's to your point. You said is he says it takes a lot of money. You're saying it's not a lot of money. It is a fixed amount of money. It's twenty seven million dollars. This targeted The question is what could we do as a unified force under the banner of the Armenian National Association, working in conjunction with the ANCA, the Armenian Assembly, the AGBU, what could we do with $27 million that has never been spent by Armenians in the Odar political space? What could we do with it? This is where you begin. We can do... If, if 200,000 people, Armenians, donated $10 a month, we would have this amount in a year. So welcome to the plan. We have designed the Armenian National Association on the structure of the National Rifle Association. So there's your Second Amendment. If you look at the National Rifle Association, it is the strongest, best-funded, single-issue lobbying organization in the history of American constitutional power. And and I've always wondered how because, I mean, they don't have that many members. What is it? Two two million or what's? Do you know how many members there are? Of the NRA? they have five million. Five million, and they charge twenty nine dollars a month. 
And in 2018, the year before Donald Trump launched his reelection campaign with Biden, the NRA reported $148 million, 82% of which was in fees alone. So they had, they had about $20 million. Oh, so all the members don't pay the fee. All the members pay $29 a year. But they also raise other money. People make donations. Wow. Oh, okay. okay. But just in fees, they had 180% of $142 million. Yeah. In 2019, when it was full-on, or 2020 election year, and Donald Trump was on the ticket, and he was pro-NRA, they added members, and they reported 162 million dollars. We are only charging a fee of ten dollars a month, two cups of coffee at Starbucks for every member. If you're not a student, you're a student. It's just five bucks a month. Imagine if we had only half of the Armenian spirit around the world. Sounds familiar. Sounds familiar. Yes. You'd have the same amount of members as you have in the NRA. Yeah. And it's nothing. It really is nothing. That amount. Uh, guys, I know you guys are asking for the piece of paper as far as seeing it up close. I mean, I could put it on the camera. It's, you're not going to see what, what we're yeah. looking at. What I will do is this. I will post a copy of this uh, on our IG and our Facebook page so you guys could see it. Again, when you look at it, as far as... You know who's there. Uh, you, I mean, you'll be you'll be surprised, um, or you might not be surprised. But at the same time, when you look at the monetary amount of it, it's really nothing. It really for for an individual. And then the accuracy of all this. This is just what we do know, or this, this is, is okay. It. And and this is the icing on the cake. I'm going to show you where this came from, where this data, God, where it came from. But to that point, I will send you a PNG or. Oh yeah, yeah, a, yeah. A, if you a have an PDF. actual, yeah, yes. an actual PNG file, yes. yes. But what I want to show you is the URL where this came from and where you can actually get it. This is the full article right here, and this full article was created by a Cedric, gentleman. Cedric Magurchian. Cedric Magurchian. And this lends itself to the problem of the Armenian space. Who is this guy? All I can say is, Sedrak, wherever you are out there, Apra Zaparjan, Shnurglutyun, Aiminichi Hamar, unbelievable, Anahavatali, Aparjan. Very good work. I want to meet you. I know you're just an engineer at a television station. You have a beautiful smile, but you are a genius, and what you built here is unbelievable and we need more of this this is his own contribution yeah now look at the date here this is november 5th 2018 so it's grown the last three years probably but, but where did it quadrupled maybe. but where did it start november five right after nico nicole came in on may the 8th 2018 2018 and um yeah 2018. This is in November. So what happened between this, between November, uh, what happened between May the 8th when Nicole won and November the 5th when Cedrak did his 
thing to find out who the enemy is. I mean, what I'd also like to know is when Sedrak actually started the research. I mean, he posted this on November 5th, but you don't even know when he started the actual research to collect all this data. I, I, I do not know, but I'd like to find out. But Yeah, he, because it might, it might just, have even started right after. He shows all of the players. In other words, you can go to this website, and we'll post that as well. But he shows all the players who they are, who's working with the embassy of the Republic of Azerbaijan, all the different organizations. He has the players, the people. This is just one Hayastanzi genius guy who wants to give back. The Tasib in this is just is dripping with with love for mother country. My question is why hasn't he been tapped to become Minister of Defense with this kind of information? Is he still living in Armenia? Sure, he's still there. If they find him, they're gonna get rid of him. He better not stay there. No. Oh, he's an Armenian. I'm just he, saying. He, he's an Armenian. No, 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 not Armenian. He's he lives in Armenia. He lives in Armenia. He oh. is Armenian in, in Armenia. Okay. So what happened from the time Nicole was um, elected, or I guess selected, because later he would have to be elected fully. Um, but in in May, what happened between May and November? Well, I'm going to show you a piece of paper that I don't think you guys have ever seen before. This is a letter from Donald Trump. To Nicole Pashinian. Did you ever see this? Oh, shoot. I don't know if I want to see No, it. we're getting too much proof over here today. Do you want to read it? You want to read it? No, go ahead. We we haven't gotten to that level, though. And you re- <laughs> reading, reading English, reading is, English a, is, is a second a language? We're all ESL <laughs> kids, bro. <laughs> this them. is on White House stationery. Yeah. And this is a congratulation letter from Donald Trump to Nicole Pashinian dated May the 14th. So from... May 8 to May 14, it took the White House less some than a time, week. less than a week, to vet out every word the president was going to send to a satellite of Vladimir Putin. Now, what if I tell you that he says, Dear Mr. Prime Minister, congratulations on your recent election. I look forward to working with you on the many areas of mutual interest for our two countries, including strengthening trade ties, democratic institutions, and regional security. Progress on fighting corruption, bringing all political parties together, and peacefully solving the Nagorno-Karabakh conflict. These will help efforts and ensure Armenia's bright future. Best wishes to you and the people of Armenia. Sincerely, Donald J. Trump. Our State Department, under Donald Trump, vetted out that language. Unbelievable. I didn't believe it myself. But there, there were... People asking why then why didn't Trump recognize the genocide? Because of the inadequacy of the two rails in Washington D.C. The influence in Washington D.C. right now representing the Armenian space is just the Democratic side. Nancy Pelosi, Barack Obama, Biden, right? He he recognized it. Is that really recognition, though? I don't think it is from, from a political standpoint. It's not. It's not on paper. Who has no. been the one president that has actually recognized it? Reagan. Well, it was Ronald Reagan. 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 But because did he recognize it on paper? Not Wilson. Wasn't Wilson the first, technically? To recognize the genocide? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Oh, but the word genocide wasn't around uh, coined until the 50s with That's Lemkin. Lemkin. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So language nuances aside, mm-hmm. what this represents is a moment in the... Um, in the Spurks 
interaction with the American system, when if we had had this kind of operation lobbying structure already in place, it would have simply been a matter of pushing the button. I think it was Mark Twain who once said when he was asked by a young kid, you've been so lucky your entire life. To what do you attribute your good luck? He looked. He said, good luck? Excuse me, son. I have worked very hard to avail myself of the benefits of good luck when it should happen to pass my way. You have to work hard to be prepared to avail yourself of the benefits of good luck when it should come past your way. This was a moment. Yeah. And I got a phone call from one of my friends with... Uh, Mike Pence's law group, 1770 Pennsylvania Avenue, and I flew all the way from LAX to Atlanta, drove to North Carolina, spent the night, got up the next morning, went to see my parents in Virginia, slept for two hours, went to Staples, and from the Asbarez uh, website, I printed out this letter, put it in my pocket, and went to see Grigor Hovhannisian, the ambassador from Washington, D.C., I was going to make a joke. I said, Mr. Ambassador, so good to see you. I'm curious to know, what is your opinion of this letter? <laughs> he says, Donald, you are a very interesting Odar. Would you like to see the original? He had the original. <laughs> Reese behind him, on his desk, he handed me the original. He can't FedEx that thing to uh, Nicole. He has to take it back in his valise with a... Uh, handcuff. Handcuff. Original as in so, the ink signed the original. Ink signed original. And I have a picture of that in, in my phone. I can show it to you afterwards. But the point being that um, this is a moment that Armenia and the Spirk was not prepared to respond to because they didn't have any of this in place. I want to get this in place. And I've given myself five years to do it. Does Armenia have five years? Well, I think that if we can begin this process right now, and Donald, you do understand the peace that's supposed peace that's in place today in Armenia over the Artsakh issue, not Nagorno-Karabakh. Artsakh is the name of it. Now, Russia is on a peacekeeping position in that area right now for a total of five years. Two of those years are gone, almost. Right, we only have about three years left. Within the next two and a half years, if Azerbaijan decides not to renew that five years peace talk, we're back at war. Can't count on Russia, obviously. Never count on Russia. Armenia can move forward only if only they can get Russia off their back. But America's really not there to help them. There's no one for Armenia to turn to. France just keeps promising shit. Nothing on paper. America, just empty promises. Nothing on paper. That's why Russia has to fall back into the dirty hands of the Russians again. It's happened before, and it's happening again today. We can talk about it. We're the diaspora. We're living in beautiful America. Los Angeles, out of all places. Sunny 12 months of the year. Amazing place. We all live here. But what my brothers and sisters in Armenia are facing today, none of this fixes. We need action. 
And part of that action is organizing, educating, organizing. We we can't penetrate yet. But just in the United States, there's 6 million of the Armenian. I mean, the diaspora has its strongest hold here. Isn't that correct? 6 million? Yes. In the United States. I don't think we have 6 Six, million in America. No, that's not possible. Yeah. Three, six, sorry, 3 six million. Excessive. 3 million. Excessive, yeah. There are 3 million. But we're not just organizing in the United States, but part of the organization is to make the, the case for action. But foreign policy in America, we both understand American foreign policy is what benefits America, just like every other country. Foreign policy of any other country is the benefit of its own. True? Yes, but foreign policy in the United States is determined by votes. And right now, Armenians are not presenting the full weight of their collective asset in the political realm, in the in the on the political stage. We're horrible at it. We've been represented yes. by Adam Schiff for the longest time. He has no shit. He shows up once a year, April twenty fourth. And we're still voting for the guy. Well, you horrible, think you think bro. Adam Schiff is the issue here? No 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 he's one of the many issues. One of the, you yes. can't if you can't fix your local issues, you're not gonna fix anything in the global stage. Well you mentioned prior to the show about how Armenia was so close to becoming the hub for um, Middle East, uh, for the Middle East, right? Tell us about that because it kind of relates to what Edgar is saying, how we've always had to rely on somebody else, a big brother, and you think we have to be independent enough to, to thrive and to protect ourselves, which I don't think we have the finances to do that. We don't have the, the the money, the power to 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 develop. To do what? How do you defend yourself alone against the countries that are oh, trying? Oh, to it's take very you? simple. You have oil-rich countries like Saudi Arabia that are willing to fund you all the money so you would need. So basically, a big with brother. No, re- no, 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 no. These people are strategic saying, allies. Strategic exactly. allies. Exactly. And they so want nothing in return. Nothing. I thought, Absolutely I nothing in return. There's always no. strings attached. Yeah, but you're fighting its enemy. You're getting the enemy's attention off of them. So Saudi they will Arabia fund you the money. will fund you to fight their fight. 100%. No, no, no. In your name, though. In your own name, with their money, you can buy weapons from any other country. China, for example, will give you the best deals on weaponry. I know we're sitting in the U.S. and probably not the best thing for me to say. But if you are trying to save your nation as an Armenian... I'm willing to work with anyone, including China. Why do you have to only buy weapons from Russia? They failed. They failed you 100 years ago. They're failing you again today, but you're still back in their arms. And you don't and you have no weight today. You're not worth anything to them. That's our fault. As Armenians, it's all of our faults. Not just mine, not just his. All Armenians are responsible for what we have today. But see, I mean, how can you guarantee that Saudi Arabia will do something like that? They've offered that money. Am I right, Don? I was going to say, he can't right now in the context of the wise nuts 
broadcast. No, 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 of course not. But to his point, that these um, strategic partnerships have not been pursued that I know of, even through back channels, because of what I experienced when I tried to bring the uh, State Department into, um, or sorry, to bring Armenia to Mike Pence's law group. It was just total um, non-starter. In so basically words, there's a, I mean, sorry to say, but there's a cancer in the government right now that's basically stopping all of this from kind of It's never been forward. gone, bro. It's been the same cancer for 30 years. Nothing has changed. Nothing has changed from Levon to Robic to Sergic to Nikol. You're talking about the same goddamn people. And that and the monies that they did not leave in the system, that they took out of the system, could have paid for the majority have, of that. Could have paid for this on the Armenian side. Easily. So, I mean this is twenty this is like I said, this is twenty six twenty seven million dollars. But one of the Armenian oligarchs can pay for that. That's easily that's nothing for them. Okay, let me tell you this. A couple days ago, I don't know if it was yesterday or today, I think Arno just mentioned it. For the last couple months or maybe six months, Iran has been trying to get just a conversation with Armenia. We're shutting the door. Until yesterday or today, the Persian, the Iranians have signed transportation contracts with the Azeris. They have tried for months and months and months to work with the Armenians. To no avail because the Kremlin wouldn't approve it. You've had leaders in Armenia, four of them, all controlled from the Kremlin. All controlled by the Kremlin. Till today, nothing's changing. And again, that complexity, okay, is beyond the purview of the Armenian National Association. Those complexities are going to continue to play out. I'm simply making the argument, it's time to educate and organize ourselves so that when the time comes for us to penetrate as a diasporan force, you will have the availability of funds and plan to do it. And the last thing I'm going to show you is my pet project. I have one project of our seven that I like the most, and I call it the PEAT Project, the Policy, Economic, Engineering, and Information Tech Institute, PEAT, P-E-E-I-T project, providing Armenia with security and prosperity through information. This is something that we're not asking Armenia to fund for themselves, but the spirit is going to provide this for Armenia. The vision is to see that the Armenian state is self-sufficient, prosperous, and secure by receiving up-to-date, reliable information for meeting its own economic, public policy, security, and intelligence needs. How are we going to do this? You have to structure it. You have to build this institute. And people like Cedric, unbelievable what he did on his own as a marketing engineer yeah. at a television station. He did, I mean, deep six work here to find who the, where these connections are. Well, I know 20 other guys like him right now. They're trying to be entrepreneurs in the Armenian high-tech space. They could do this twice. Let's bring them all together. Now, how transparent is the ANA going to be with all this as far as creating members, having them donate X amount of dollars, whatever it is, to the ANA? I mean, how transparent are you guys going to be with certain with, with the funds? Basically? Straight up. In other words, we will 
report on what we've raised and what we're spending it on. Because the Armenians have had a little bit of a well, not a little bit, but trust issue. Trust issue with uh, sure with our with our financials. It's, in the and, diaspora and, and, and as I, well. Yeah, and I, and I guarantee you, I promise you, there will be questions asked as far as, okay, you know, I'm giving you $10 a month. I'm signing up for it. You know, where's my, where's my money going? And you will see every week a new report on what we are doing with your money. Right now, we're just structuring the organization. When is the, when is the organization actually going to go live? Right now. This is the first live interview I've done as the president and CEO of the ANA. Tonight. There you go. We're making history right here, right now. Now going back. Great. Yeah. Now going back to what Armand was mentioning, you know, off the podcast, we were talking about about Woodrow Wilson and Armenia being the hub as far as in the Middle East. Can we dive into that a little bit and talk about that? Because that's something where... You know, it was new new information to me as far as, you know, that entire situation that happened. I mean, the bottom line is Armenia is the most unique and efflorescent. That means flowering. You're unique and flowering. Everywhere you go, you land and you just create something new. As people. As people. I mean, you you make the best citizens. Some of you make the best criminals. Okay, yeah, but, we'll to, but the then best do you see why? Remember, I told you four fifths of us are outside. We make the best immigrants. Yes, you add value and wherever you go. That's why America, Russia, Argentina love having Armenians as immigrants. And that's why Abdul Hamid II couldn't stomach the fact that you were more successful as advancing middle and upper middle class entrepreneurs and business people and professionals than his own people. Don, but that's our failure at the same time, brother. How, Ed? So if we make the best immigrants, true? Okay. Why couldn't we all do that at our own home? Let me ask you something. I'm just, I'm an immigrant just like you, brother. I know. You, will take me for example. Go for it. I've been here for 34 years, right? Where do you think I would be if I were in Armenia? Never came here. Never became an immigrant of the United States. Maybe not even as half as successful as you are today. Not even a quarter, maybe. Quarter? If that, bro. And I may be wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. What if you were twice as successful in Armenia? You'd never know. You'd never live that life. Be realistic. You'll never know. Be realistic. Okay. Well, do you know somebody my age who stayed in Armenia? I do, yeah. Okay. and You know we, many of them as well. And what are they doing today? Maybe didn't get to a, a tent of what you got For, to. A tent? What, what do they do here's with a better, Bro, they're, here's, they're, here's a better <laughs> example. How many, how many successful Armenians do you know in Armenia compared to successful Armenians in America? Well, it's not even questionable. And, and how... Okay, and... Population-wise, how big of a difference is it? Probably not big of a difference. And I think which one has more successful people? Look at the opportunities you have in America. That's why. But, but they're, they're, that's, that's of course, but see what we've done now is we have the opportunity, which you know a lot of tech companies, a lot of other companies have done over the last, especially five years, yeah, and more so the last three years since Pashinyan took office. 
Revolution. Well, they feel a little more comfortable now that they've gone out there, they've they've uh, developed uh, virtual or satellite offices in Armenia. They've built tech hubs and um, marketing, Tumo Center, marketing office. You name it, right? So, but ultimately, we all had to step out at one point to learn what we've learned, whether in the U.S., wherever China, wherever we went to, and then you can go back and apply what you've learned. Otherwise, staying in Armenia wouldn't we wouldn't have learned anything. Definitely. So to say that the only way we're strong is if we all stay there, I, I disagree with that because we left. We've learned a lot. We can take what we've learned and apply it, implement it, and you don't even have to stay there to do it. You can be there half the year, three months out of the year. But I, looking back, I wouldn't change that for anything because, I mean, look where we're at today as far as all the Armenians that have moved. Just looking at L.A., the people that I know. I'm not talking about the people Just I... the people you know in your circles. Yeah, not everybody in my circle is super successful. They're, no, no, definitely. You know, but still far more successful than they would have been if they stayed there. Yeah, I mean look at uh, look at how many look at how many influencers we have as well that are successful business people as well. So many of them and you know the opportunity was here. This is where the opportunity you know the, uh, like they call it the land of opportunity here. But uh I mean again uh, going you know looking at the comments going on there are still a lot of questions being asked by our people as far as you know I guess that trust factor. Mm-hmm. Um, there's people asking. Let's see. Uh, I mean, <laughs> John is asking. Uh, John Doe is asking. Can the Wiseness ask him what he's taking as far as a salary for this new organization? Nothing yet. In fact, for the last uh, seven years, I've spent over thirty-eight thousand dollars in counting. Out of your own pocket. Out of my own pocket. Travel. What one of uh, Sir Sarkisian's advisors told me: it's just taxi money, just just taxi money. Don, Donald John, he called me, taxi money. But at one point, for him, it's taxi money because the A and A is not like you mentioned. It, it hasn't been formed yet, as far as Correct. it hasn't been finalized. So whatever is being spent is out of your po- is out of your own pocket. And now I think we've we have like um, several hundreds of dollars that have come in in the last four or five days since we opened up the website for contributions. And, and, and you, sent me, and you sent me the website, That's right? The okay. website. Yeah. I'll, I'll post the website on our on our page and on, on this feed as well, along with Spotify and iTunes and everything else so people could look into it. But, uh, but jo- to that, that question that's being asked, this is the sea change that is going to go on right now. Yeah. That prior to the ANA, all of the organizations, except for the Armenian National the Armenian National ANCA, Armenian National Association of America, the AGBU, and the Armenian Assembly, all the other organizations that are raising money are led by part-time conveners. There are no full-time employees building this kind of lobbying organization. They have full-time employees. 
But ASCA? no, but they're not building this kind of lobbying. No, I didn't say they're building anything. I just said they have. Yeah, no, no, employees. He sure. said except for ANCA, AGBU, and um, others smaller. The yeah, Armenian Assembly. Yeah. Everybody yes. else does not have full time employees. Yeah. yeah, correct. Which, so, are, which I mean, go, goes to kind of ties into John's other question. He says, "How many lobbyists does ANA have now? Uh, where are they? DC, Sacramento." Okay, we've just begun. The question is, as the PESA, as the Hopefully, and John, I'd like to meet you wherever you are out there. Um, I'm just a regular guy, and I've got Tasib too, and I have reasons why I'm doing this, because I hate bullies. I've hated bullies since I was a kid when I was being bullied, and Turkey is a bully, and Azerbaijan is a bully, and this is just wrong. I was sitting next to the Belgian ambassador's wife at a dinner um, with the Pontic Greeks back in D.C. probably 10 years ago. 12 years ago, and she left the room. And she said, when they were talking about mm-hmm. the Armenian genocide, she just said, this is wrong on so many levels. And she got up and she walked out. Well, I'm not walking out. I'm stuck. I'm in it for the long haul. I have 30 more years, and I will see this through. The question remains, how many naysayers are willing to change their perspective on the way most of the money is raised and spent and organizations operated inside the Spirit. I have been to probably 350, maybe 400 different fundraisers. I've been to three in the last month. And in each case, it was always said by the master of ceremonies or the, the director of the project, we want you all to know that as you're filling out your donation cards, this entire meal was paid for, and no one in this organization is taking a salary. Let me tell you something, guys. That's okay if you're just raising money for a group of soldiers that need prosthetic limbs. But if you're going to do real lobbying, you have to pay to play. You have to buy your way in. And it takes time to buy the loyalty. I was asked earlier by a friend, how do you know if you hire a consulting group that they aren't already working for the Azeris? I said, that's part of the due diligence. You do not hire. And I've had so many opportunities to introduce my young Hayastanzi um, leaders to my players back in D.C. And the hardest question comes up. I said, could you please tell me if anybody in your organization has ever done anything with Turkey or Azerbaijan? And in three out of the four cases, they had. And I said, I'm sorry, I cannot do business with you. But in terms of the Fourth one, this young group of men made history. They couldn't write $250,000 checks like Kosti Shirvani yeah. or Kirk Corrin. They couldn't write $25,000 um, donations like the AGBU boys I was with. But they wrote $2,500 checks, and they hired Jackson West Consulting, friend of mine in Fairfax, Virginia, Alexandria. They made history. They hired this group, and to that point, we are bringing them in. COVID kind of messed things up. But these young Hayastanzi were shocked when they asked me after COVID lifted, Don, where are we? We gave that money. What are we going to get for it? I said, you wait. Just give us some time. Sure enough, a week later, my man called me on the phone and says, Don, I was just looking at our books. We never 1099'd you. Wow. And we haven't been out there. When do you want us to come? You see, that's 
That's the Odar way. You pay to play. To play. And then it's moving forward. So prior to them coming, my, my young team said, Don, we need to get this organization off the ground so we have something to show them when they get here. And that's what we're doing right now. But Jackson West Consulting is just the tip of one of these icebergs. Let me tell you, we're going to eventually we're going to have real estate. We're going to have offices now, in Washington, D.C. Okay. Now, as far as moving forward, um, are you guys going to make any appearances at certain venues, certain events, uh, certain because the ANCA, AGBU, they're they're a fairly large company as far as you know being recognized. ANA obviously fairly new. What are your guys' plans as far as getting name recognition out there? Are you guys going to be attending certain events? You know, what's the game plan? Because obviously, you mention ANA to people, they're going to say, you know, what is it? What is it? What is it? Because it's 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 brand it's brand new. Brand new. So what what is the plans as far as uh, before lobbying for Armenia, lobbying for yourselves, and kind of creating some sort of name recognition? What's the plan there? The outreach, the media outreach, right here. What we're doing. Right now, I will make myself available again and again. If you have a podcast, if you have a live stream, you want to interview me, I am available. So basically, you, you guys are you're putting yourself out there at this point. You want to speak to everybody and anybody. What anybody. about as far as live, in-person events? Because obviously, Glendale has a huge Armenian population. Burbank, huge Armenian population. Are there certain events that you're going to be attending there, kind of promoting ANA? I was invited to the premiere of... 45 days and made comments on their little um, red carpet. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been invited to another um, event next week at the Alex Theater. And yesterday I was at an event at St. James um, Apostolic Church down on Slauson with Serbazan Barkev, Serbazan Hovena Dadarian, and Deacon Sarkis Mesropian, all of whom have been just unbelievably supportive of me in this process. So, it, I mean, I, I am very well-versed at the, um, the requirements and the bandwidth that public relations requires of an individual. The question is, will my wife and my kids continue to be as gracious as they are now? Because you're spending, obviously, time away from them. I'm spending time away from them, and I've told you it's going to only get worse. Yeah. And again, I mean, there's a bunch of people questioning a lot of things, but at the end of the day, you guys are here to kind of not only raise money and help lobby for Armenia, but to work hand-in-hand with other organizations as well, from the ANCA, AGBU, everybody, right? You guys are here to kind of collaborate together. Is that correct? Well, this is where the education comes into play. The 501c4 was meant to be an attack helicopter that kind of connects with other um, fighting vehicles. And we will be not keeping the money for ourselves. We're going to be funding other 501c3s and other 501c4s in different projects tied to the political process. So we will be having direct involvement in your you suggested that we primary certain candidates. Guess what? We're going to start running candidates that aren't just blah, 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 Armenia, 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 but in fact they are giving us a joint military escort when 450 of our young members from North Hollywood 
fly all the way to Ankara, and we're going to go and restore seven Armenian churches that are right now being ignored and or being destroyed. We're going to start holding our elected officials accountable to the ongoing cultural genocide that's continuing right now. Through Barkev's, through Sir President Barkev's influence, I received a list of 83 churches in Karabakh right now, in Artsakh, that are being targeted. They're going to like knock them down. Many of them are taken away already. And, well, that's another question. My point is that we need to stop this thing right now. So we need to tell Adam Schiff, okay, so you were part of the process to have President Biden recognize Armenia. That's not enough. Thank you very much. We want you to give us you know, a joint military escort. We want Turkish military and American. They're, they're our allies, right? We want you to t- tell them and all the other members of the Congressional Caucus on Armenian Issues. They're more than 65 members of that thing. They need to put forward a plan and a process to allow us as young, Hayastanzi American citizens to go to our beloved homeland, our historic homeland, and restore and preserve these landmarks. That's the beginning of what we're going to do on the ground. And that's where these monies are, are going to be spent, is we're going to be preserving Armenian Artsakh, one church at a time. We're also building schools and all the other things that the other 501c3s do, but we're not going to reinvent the wheel. We'll raise the money, we'll give the money to them. But we'll, it'll be part of a unified process. We're all working together, we're not canceling each other out. Because, oh, David John, David John, you know, you, you betrayed me. No, we, we, we can't point fingers at each other anymore. We must join hands. Let me tell you something. You slap someone with your, or punch somebody with your hand like this, you'll break two of your fingers. <laughs> Put those five fingers together. You can. T- Don't knock me out. I got to be here next week. Take a knockout. <laughs> it's a punch. That's what we have to do with the Armenian spirit. So I understand and appreciate the, the questions of credibility. What well, time's going to tell? I mean, so, uh, has the 501c4 been formed already or not yet? We have filed our paperwork in Sacramento. Which means if somebody writes you a check, it's already going to be a tax write-off. No. Retroactive. And that's the point. The 501c4 no. is not a tax write-off. Oh, it's not a tax that's write-off. That's the 501c3. Okay. And that's the difference I between see. what the Jews, the Turks, and the Azeris are willing to do with their money. So let me ask you this. In order to show your credibility, because as, as you said... There is a there is question of credibility and what are your intentions, your motives, right? Why not go to AGB, which, as far as I know, is the largest or- Armenian organization. I think they have a $400 million endowment. Let them give you half a million dollars, which should more than fund for the first 12 months. What are you drinking over there? <laughs> <laughs> That's the problem with the old Spirk. They take what they can, and hold on to it. There is no process for cross-pollination. But they're a 501c3, so they can't be involved with their money in the 49% 
of our direct political activity. If they want to give us money for our nonprofit, we just have to prove ourselves that we're a better vehicle than some other 501c3 or NGO that they're, they're doing. So if they give you the money, you can't use it for lobbying? I cannot use that for lobbying. Okay. What if you find 25 people or 50 local Armenian business owners who are willing to donate 50 at 10,000 each or 25 at 20 each for you to be able to fund the first 12 months and to show progress to show the transparency and everything and at that point then I think people would flock to NA as far as here's my $10 a month that's all I'm asking is that doable though but I'm not waiting I'm not going to wait for them to come I'm just going to do it no, 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 I'm not saying wait for the $10 a month. I'm saying go after the 10 or 25 people that can donate a larger sum than $10, you know, a few thousand, five, ten, twenty-five thousand dollars $25,000 for you to jumpstart your first 12 months to show, kind of like to an have adva- a track Kind record. of like an advance. So an angel investor to come well, along. It doesn't have to be an angel investor. It's a just, few larger yeah. investors. But what I want to prove mean, is that the collective... Um, thousands of $10 bills is better is what he's trying to say is if you have 30,000 Armenians donating $10 a month it's long be- term of course it is yeah and yeah, if we had definitely. 3 million put, I mean I said that an hour and yeah. a half ago right if we had $10 a month we'd have that money in one year from even 200,000 people so before I leave before I leave tonight I'm going to have you all join the three of you are going to join as members now get this I'm not a member because the Armenian National Association is a decentralized structure that serves the chapters and the members as opposed to a centralized organization that relies on chapters and members to serve them. And when you go to our website and you look under the leadership tab, About Us Leadership, you will see that this is all mapped out. Instead of being hierarchical, with a board of trustees and the, all the administrative uh, leaders. You're just taking the money and telling the people, this is how we're going to spend your money. You'll see it's an atomic model with the chapters out here and the Armenian National Association centralized command and control. And that's what I'm representing is centralized command and control in the middle. But it's serving the rest. It's serving everybody else out there. And only time will tell. And I'm not going to... I'm not going to tell someone that wants to give me $50,000 of angel investment money tonight. I'm not going to take your money. I'll take your money. But I don't need your money because I will prove that the Tasiv, the Patev, Patev, inside the Armenian space is going to come to the table. And they're already coming. We have people, family and friends right now, your friends. I'm going to ask you to join. Just go to the website, click on it. takes. I had one guy, one of my soccer dads on Will's team. He got on his phone. He had PayPal already on. He joined in less than 60 seconds. That's crazy. I was like, oh my gosh. I thought it took a couple minutes to get the PayPal and type all this stuff in. It was on a... He joined in less than 60 seconds. I want to prove that the collective uh, valuation of all the Armenian Tasib will blow away the two or three um, tag of war that say, I am the king, I just made you. I don't, I don't need tag of war. Yeah. Yeah. I, the, the biggest comments we have right now are people basically saying, you know, 
I don't want to say doubt because it's kind of a it's a harsh word, but uh, you know they want actions more than they want. Well, I can tell you is that there's no action before before they could commit to it. The people that say it can't be done should not get in the way of those that are doing it. So if you want to play that old Armenian game, and let me tell you something, I have a Hanami tsunami. I have honored. I have, I have, my kids have more moraks and murkors and horkors that are always negative on somebody about something someday. Yeah. Armenians are just negative by nature. I want you to be positive. I want you to see this as the next step because what you've done in the past didn't work. And if you always do what you've always done, you're always going to get what you've always got. And this is the new day in a new way. And so far, it is working. We just launched this last week, and the members are coming in. We haven't received any $50,000 contribution, but a gentleman that joined for $10 a month also gave us $500. There you go. Boom. But all the information is on the website. Everything is there. And if they want to get in contact with you directly to have you speak at an event or do a Zoom call or whatever it is, how can we get? A, how can they get a hold of you? ANAUnite.com DWB Is there a web is, is there an email address a phone number something where they can get in touch with you though directly Yes you? No we're, we're having trouble with the voicemail on the phone right now that's on there so don't call the old What about email? Email DonaldWilsonBush at gmail.com That's my standalone but I also have DWB at ANAUnite.com Okay All right there you go. Uh, anything you want to kind of chime in on, Ed, you, Armand, you before we? I was the co- the comments. We, you got to go in and read them, Donald. Yeah, this. this well, look, it, we have it, we have skeptics because Armenia fund. I know, you know I know, and and, 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 and again, it's it's something and, where. And even in this comments, I see this complete. Separation within our Armenian brothers and sisters of Democrat, Republican, conservative, liberal. At the end of the day, bro, help whoever you trust, but please help somebody that's trying to do something for Armenia. That's all I care for. If you're a conservative, help a conservative group. If you're a liberal, help the liberal side. It's fine, but do something. Sitting at home, writing comments, doesn't get us anywhere. Um, Watch Maradona is asking, how will you measure your success? What are the metrics? The, first of all, the number of members that we have and the number of campaigns that we will be able to affect moving forward. That's how we move the needle in the political space money and campaigns. So the question is, how do you find non-Armenians that will carry the Armenian message? And that's what I'm saving for last. We're going to put the icing on the cake. I'm not putting a cherry on top. The purpose of the Armenian National Association is to unify the spirit in support of Armenia and Artsakh. The vision is to prevent all future challenges to the eternal welfare of Armenian Artsakh. 
which means no more challenges. We are going to prevent all future challenges to the eternal welfare of Armenian Artsakh. But what's the goal? And here's the goal. The goal of the ANA is to hire professional PR, political, and campaign consultants necessary to create an effective and perpetual network of charitable and political organizations with the power to promote, preserve, and to protect the long-term viability of the Republic of Armenia and Artsakh. So far, all of the other organizations that I've met, they've hired Armenians. Well, see, that's, that's what a majority of people are saying. They're saying, why should we trust an Odar? Again, it's a, it's a bold statement. It is a bold statement. And it goes back to the trust factor that we have. And Armand mentioned it as well, even through Armenia Fund. There was, there's a trust factor there. Um, who was it? I think it was... I forgot who it was. But somebody else wrote it as well. He said, you're talking about Armenia Fund? I'm talking about Armenia in general. As far as a tr- being, you know, being able to trust them. So I think it's kind of like a... Time will tell, and you know. I like what Armon has to say as what, well. Armon yeah. saying that uh, you see how uh, evangelicals are supporting Israel and everything Israel wants to do. I mean, besides the evangelicals, a lot of our taxpayers, our tax dollars support Israel. Now, how do we get the during the war? All the Christian nations who are supposed to be our brothers and sisters had their mouths shut. Not a word from out of any of them. Where is the Christian nations that were supposed to stand next to us? Well, I started the World Christian Alliance back in 2015. And I was sadly disappointed to see what I call country club Christianity raise its ugly head when I was presenting them with the story of Armenian children and women in Aleppo that ISIS was beheading. The former American ambassador to Armenia, John Evans, carried in his pocket, breast pocket, a, an updated list of all the young, blonde-haired, blue-eyed Armenian, Caucasian kids that were being beheaded. And I found out that the evangelical Christians in the United States don't do blood, guts, and death. During the war, one of my professors from Reformed Theological Seminary commented on one of the Facebook um, live streams where I made a comment and I told Aliyev, you know, stop killing Armenians. Stop killing Armenians. Just stop killing Armenians. He, he commented and says, good for you, Don. He said, do you have any pictures? <laughs> I sent him pictures. And it it got his attention. I sent him pictures of these young kids when they were uh, having the chemicals sent down in Artsakh. These poor little kids with their skin just burned on their back. It was horrible. And so I had those pictures in my phone. When we went down to um, Carlsbad to, um, what was the um, the satellite company that we picketed? Viasat. The communications director for the president of Viasat Government Division 
that had the contracts with uh, Bakhtar and the, the, the drone companies. Turkey. Turkey. I said, I would like to have the white boy president of your division come out and talk to me. No, 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 he's not available. I said, I really need him to come out. I said, this group's only going to grow. I said, right now we have 2,500. We're the guys that shut down Hollywood with 40,000. I, I can get 40,000 here. Well, let me go and see. 20 minutes went by, 30 minutes. Finally, 45 minutes went by, and the crowd continued to grow. And then I called them up to the front door from out on the street. They all came up. Finally, the president came downstairs. Sad to say, it looked like we interrupted his golf game that day. But I carry his business card business card in my pocket right here, right now. Because that gentleman, and he's a gentleman, has Tasib. He has heart. He said, what is this all about? So I, we were organizing, but I went back to education. I'm now educating this old dark gentleman. I said, I need you to go live on that camera right there that's being set up. And I need you to tell my Armenian family, my Hanami Tsunami, that you know for a fact that all of your contracts that you have in place right now, selling satellite um, co-locators for these drones, are being canceled and that you will not sell them ever again. Can you say that? He says, yes, I can say it, but I'm not going to. I said, why? He said, I don't need to say this now. I said, come here a second. And I walked away from the group of, I think Tigana Satrian was there and Christina Khadejian. Walked away from them. I said, do you have any kids? He goes, yeah. I said, well, I have a seven-year-old son. I want to show you a picture of a seven-year-old kid in Artsakh right now. And I pulled that picture of that kid that had the blisters all over his back. And that dude started to cry. He goes, okay, I'll do this. And he went over, and you, you, you can find this, this yes, feed. I've seen it. You've seen that dude. That is the backstory on that. He wasn't, I mean, it was all corporate resistance. We're not going to do this. I mean, that is the, that's the Odar contribution here that we don't have so far. So I say, just give me a chance. So what do you have to lose? Question came from Armand Vardumian. He said you know him. Yes. Armand John. Yes, and Armand wanted me to let you know that was him with the question. And he was also the one that was mentioning something about his law school and if you'd be open to maybe speaking to his law class. Absolutely. Well, hopefully, Armand, you can reach out to Donald and can organize all I that. got your text last week, and it's just been crazy. I haven't responded, but I know you're you're in the, in the middle of it. Is this your second or third year? I'm not sure, but you find out. And if you're a member of the Armenian Bar Association, I can also bring a panel. And just so you know, that the East Coast group that we met on the Brooklyn Bridge, they've already started forming a group of young attorneys there. And I've already been to New York. Back in May, I met with them. And they want to form their own 501c4, but they're waiting for me to finish the PowerPoint presentation. So this is how we're going to start building the the, the chapters. So the, the, the naysayers... You know, can continue to have their skepticism, but for every five naysayers, there's one person that will say, give it a shot, give it a try. And that's all I ask, is that we keep the ball moving forward because we only have five to ten years. But as you're saying, if this 
you know, peacekeeping big brother um, protector role contract runs out in four years. There's no telling. Two and a half years. Two and a half years. Unbelievable. Yeah, two years has passed. Two and a half years later, we're going to basically add four and a half years into this contract. If both sides don't sign back into it, you have a war brewing again. Mm -hmm. That's what I know. Anything? John John was asking, is the uh, World Christian Organization still around? The the World Christian Alliance is still in place. And I've been working with some of the founders to retool it um, to its original vision. It started in Serpazan Hovna Dadarian's office back in 2014, where we were going to champion the lives of Christians overseas. But then, to my disappointment, as I said, and part of my learning curve, I lowered the bar. I just wanted to get people together, so I, when they built a website, it was just you know non-offensive language, no pictures of you know aborted babies and dead bodies. But let me tell you something: our Christian brothers and sisters overseas are being murdered right now, and our ancient Christian landmarks are being destroyed. And the Armenians are the oldest Christian nation on the planet, and. When we learn of this, it should shame us that we haven't stood up. And I saw it during the war, and I don't want to go negative even on my own people. But I can tell you this. If we don't respond differently the next time, then suddenly we will be guilty of the sin of commission. Right now it's just a sin of omission. It's what you're not doing to help Armenians. But next time is the sin of commission. So there is a reckoning that I believe will come in the United States of America with the same evangelicals that are supporting Israel, right? But that's because they have a PR lobbying machine that they've paid for that keeps it front and center. Millions of dollars are spent supporting that um, Passover weekend in Israel. The question is, what about a tour of Armenian landmarks? We haven't done it yet. That could be an eighth project that we put forward. But I want to preserve those landmarks before we start taking tourists from Boise, Idaho, and Tallahassee, Florida. We have to preserve those landmarks. Have you ever been to Artsakh before? I've been to Artsakh. Yes. We had a question. Dahl was asking if you'd ever been to Artsakh. Yes, he has not. Yes, and I cannot fly to Azerbaijan or to Turkey because well, shit, you didn't lose much there bro well I, I was invited um, by my friend Bako Sahakian to visit him in Stepanakirk yes and they took me in through the uh, back door through secure and when the, I left after spending an hour with him or so they took me out the front door and there was a camera <laughs> right in front of them you the, got caught huh and they said what is your opinion of Artsakh and I said well I don't have my PR agent with me. I need to be careful. No, I just said it. I said Woodrow Wilson coined the phrase um, self-determination and popular sovereignty. Then this people embodies that concept. And it's only a matter of time before the world will recognize Artsakh as an independent nation. Gotta go. I left. What I didn't know then that I know now 
Is it even Armenia never recognized Artsakh as an independent nation? Hello, Marlus. What Armenia? You talking about the one see? under Russian control? Yeah. yeah. Thank you. See, so this these are the complexities that I'm talking about. You know, um, the Bill Cham. I'm not stupid. Okay. Well, you got that one really well. The Bill Cham. I like that. Do one. You, Do you have any current? Is has any of this, uh, whatever you're talking about, the lobbying? Is any of it in the works, even minimally? I know you said you've just literally started ANA. It's brand new. But is anything in the works? What I've been able to do over the last six years is keep my non-Armenian Odar political operatives loyal to me in this game on behalf of my Armenian family. They've seen zero money. They've seen zero organization. They've seen zero um, commitment. Profits. Commitment on the Armenian um, side, with the exception of this one group that put together you know, three or four checks of $2,500 that bought their way in. So that is what is in the works. Now that COVID is over, hopefully COVID is over, our people, my people can come in and take us to that next level of guiding us into the swamp. And we can talk about Donald Trump later, but Donald Trump did not drain the swamp. He just replaced it, you know, one to four. In other words, he, he cut down on the number of appointees that he put back in place. Um, he just replaced it with his own peeps at the time. Um, so the swamp is still there, and the swamp is always going to be there. That's just a political That's sad. selling point. The swamp is, this is politics. It's dirty, yeah. and it costs. A and the Jews and the Turks and the Azeris are thriving in that swamp. The question is, you know. Are we going to sink or swim? Are we going to sink or swim when, when we, we jump in there? But if we jump in there together, I think we will be successful. But if we go in half-cocked, and half loaded, we will we will fail. We will misfire. We will misfire. Yeah. Connor made a bold statement as well, and I agree with him. Basically, have Artsakh and Armenia as one one flag. Cut down the Artsakh flag. Have it all as one country. Which is you know that whole Wilsonian uh, document that took place, where you know borders certain borders were drawn. Absolutely, and and, and that's my friend Arapapian. And his so stellar I, work. See, what happened with that? Well, that's the point, that when Woodrow Wilson failed to have the United States Senate ratify the 14 points and the Treaty of Versailles with the sub-treaty of SEV, the tr- sub-treaty of SEV, S-E-V-R-E, SEV, SEV, SEV uh-huh. that sub-treaty was to create Armenia as a an American protectorate, the same way that the sort Balfour, of a NATO NATO non member organization. No, the, the, it's not that. This was the, during the colonial period where the major nations wanted to have a footprint in a certain um, foreign land to control oil flow and business interests and the expansion of military. The British wanted Israel or 
Palestine at the time as a British protectorate under the Balfour Declaration. Woodrow Wilson wanted Armenia under the Treaty of Sev to become our American satellite. Well, when he failed to ratify, ratify these treaties from World War I, we abandoned. Did he fail or... What's the reality of it is not just he failed. Did he just fail to ratify it? Well, he he failed to, in his political plan, to lobby the people. He he went on a barn-burning um, train ride across the country where he was doing whistle-stop tours, made as far as Pueblo, Colorado, trying to convince the people that they should leverage their elected officials, their senators, to vote in favor of Was the, it ever brought up for a vote? Sure. And Henry Cabot Lodge and the Republicans killed it. It was never ratified. The League of Nations was never ratified. We never joined the League of Nations. That was Woodrow Wilson's plan. The 14 points, never ratified. Treaty of Sev. So we abandoned the Armenian plan and the Wilsonian-Armenian map that you see in... Um, our probably ha- has that map. It has Woodrow Wilson's signature on it. it. has a State Department seal on it. It was never ratified. But what he brings to the table is the arbitral award. And he has a nice big blue book. In fact, I, I wrote a blurb for him in that when it was first published eight years ago, nine years ago. This is our Apopian we're talking this about. Arpop- He's been a previous guest of ours, people. If you'd like, you can go ahead and... Yes. This is the Western Armenian map Mush, Trabzon, Erzum, uh, Van. Mount Ararat. Mount Ararat. Those are ancient Armenian lands. Yes. And now they're part of eastern Turkey. Uh, See? The arbitral award stands outside the legal process. When, an arbit- when you go to arbitration, both sides agree to submit to the award of the judge in that case, the arbitral judge. And Woodrow Wilson was chosen to be that judge, and he gave that land to Armenia. Well, Ataturk was at the table, and he was bringing in the new democratic Ottoman space, the modern-day Turkey, right? So they should recognize it if they are a true just nation, but they're not. They're bullies. They deny the genocide ever happened. They're afraid they're going to have to pay reparations. I mean, you Besides get... bullies, they play perfect politics. Besides being bullies, I mean, they're bullies. They're bullies to the point where they've been bullying America for the last few years. They tried to. And then when Trump told them, do not buy Putin's S-500, and he went ahead and did it, we canceled their contract. For the, um, the last week, supersonic o- jets. Oliev was yelling at Biden last week. But what are we doing to their lear right now? You see, yeah, their economy is struggling tremendously. There's uh, massive protests going on. The people have basically had enough, had enough of the government and the tyranny there. So uh, I, I'm watching the plane crash and burn, and I'm just I'm there for the show. I care less. You guys seriously? But this place still, itself. We're too, still underestimating the enemy. But this, till today. But this place, it's 
plays to your complexities that you keep raising. We can't get lost in the complexities. We must go back to what we know works. And putting together the lobbying effort, paying to have non-Armenian Odar operatives loyal to your cause without conflict of interest, with anyone doing business with with Artsakh or Turkey, that's where we must start. The lobbying effort must move forward, and a 501c4 has been created to manage that process. And before we're done, we're going to have dozens of chapters, dozens of organizations, 501c3s, other 501c4s, all over the country that we will be operating through, but it will be decentralized. We'll have a centralized command and control center. Right now, it's in NoHo, but eventually it's going to move to Washington, D.C., and we will be pretty much doing on a national basis what you see the Armenians are able to do in Glendale. They're able to control not every seat, but they're always able to keep a presence, right? But when they cross each other, then you, you have non-Armenians take a winning seat. Winning in the middle. Winning in the middle. Exactly. And we will be doing that on a national basis now, hopefully winning more on the sides than losing them in the middle. But you don't have any chance of benefiting from that if you don't begin. I had a great conversation. We can end, end with this. I had a great conversation with um, two guys uh, during the war. They were saying, well, how do we get started? I said, you want to go see the Lion King? You want to you see little Simba grow up and become the, the big lion? That's what you want Armenia to be, right? Aslan. That's Aslan. Well, that's a Turkish one. Let's not stick with that word. Let's so, choose the uh, Armenian word Aslan? for that. Yeah, Aslan is a Turkish word. 100%. I did not know that. I pretty what? much know Aslan is a Turkish Well, word. I have a bunch of relatives that are Aslanian. Aslanian so. is a very common last name, but the word Aslan is a Turkish word. Okay, very good. So, Meaning <laughs> what? I, Lion. 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 Aslan. It's in Turkish, I think. Okay, yeah, so I the point is, I said, you want to go, go, go see the Lion King? You want to see Simba grow up? English, English. He said, you just need one ticket. And right now, the Jews and the Azeris and the Turks are in that theater. Yeah. All you need is one ticket. Who's going to buy the first ticket? And I was a part of a process that night that raised $800,000 for Artsakh. It was during, during the war. Since that time, that group is still moving forward. But I just had a chance to talk to them. Uh, last week, and I let them know, you all can only continue as part-time conveners until you start spending that money on full-time leaders. So the education is starting to trickle down, and this is the sophistication of the Odar American way. You have to pay to to play. play. You have to pay to play. It's well, a mindset, I guess, we have to uh, establish sooner or later. Definitely. Yeah. Guys, you could find the ANA, ANA's website pinned basically to the YouTube uh, live feed. Um, all the information is there that you need. If you need to get a hold of Donald directly, uh, we'll post his uh, direct email address as well. You could reach out to him. Le- leave your cell phone. He'll call you. Yeah, DonaldWilsonBush at gmail.com. Yeah, if you need him to show up to make an appearance, speak at an event, anything like that to 
bring more awareness and uh, tell you more about the organization itself, again, shoot him an email and uh, he'll get back to you. Uh, other than that, Donald, thank you so much for taking time out of your Monday to be with us, man. man really thank appreciate you. it. Thank you for giving me a forum to launch this puppy. Thank you for joining I mean, us, man. We yeah, appreciate we appreciate it. it. A lot of great information great was presented. Well. So uh, I hope people, you know, take away something from it. Uh, again, mixed reviews. You have positive, you have the negative, but, um, you know, only time will tell as far as, you know, where we're headed and uh, what direction Armenia will, you know, be heading into. But uh, we can't just sit around and, you know, <laughs> twiddle our thumbs and say, oh, yeah, let's, let's see what happens. Hopefully people will take action. Uh, thank you again, man. Appreciate sure. it. Thank you, guys. Everybody else, uh, have a great week. Have a great weekend. We'll see you guys next week uh, with another uh, episode and another guest. So uh, have a great one. Thank you all. Take care. Peace.